The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Source Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and under to cash in. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. And next, we're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to 500 bucks in bonus cash. And next, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T slash S-G-P-N. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to BetterFantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I would be your host, Jeff Fox. Hello, hi. This is episode 95, and that's dedicated to my Phoenix Suns, who just whipped the Golden State Warriors last night, despite Devin Booker getting a boo-boo and having to leave the game. So that's 17 straight wins now, tying the franchise record. They're the best team in the NBA. And I've been a fan of them since my co-host was born, pretty much, I think the same year, which is kind of kind of disturbing. But nonetheless... Um, this is not an NBA podcast, even though we we tend to talk about NBA and Napoleon Dynamite. And it used to be pro wrestling a lot, since we're categorized as a pro wrestling podcast technically. But but we've kind of tapered off on that. But we'll see. Who knows what this this could bring? We should probably get right down to it because UFC is giving us one of their patented fifteen fight fight night lineups. This one's actually a good one because the main card is on ESPN, so they actually have some some big name fighters and some. Uh, Nice up-and-coming prospects and whatnot. So let's uh, introduce my co-conspirator. Uh, probably someday he'll be my co-defendant in a uh, defamation lawsuit, I'm guessing, at some point. Um, he is the Starla to my Rex. It would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Do, do you think the defamation lawsuit will come when I accidentally forget to clip out what we talk about at the beginning <laughs> yes. before we officially probably. record? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Maybe I'll try to make sure I don't ever forget that because, uh, yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be good. But um, well, how uh, how litigious is your or litigious is your family and uh, friends and coworkers, Dan? Um, that's, that's I, what it comes right down to because you, you know, badmouth everyone in your life. I don't think anybody out. anybody I know listens to this podcast, which that's is that's true. Uh, I mean, I think outside, my parents have even tapped out. I think, <laughs> I think outside of the. Uh, 
the Slack, the people I know in the Slack, Superfan Jogging <laughs> Gang. Uh, I think other than that, uh, I don't think anybody listens. So except for a lot of people in uh, Germany, Spain, and where else did we start charting? Uh, Germany, Spain, where else? We've uh, UK, Brazil, I think. Uh, Australia, obviously. Uh, we have a lot in Australia. Canada, US, you know. Worldwide. We're Mr. Worldwide. Do you like my Rex and Starla? Do you understand that reference? I don't. I was hoping you weren't going to call me on that. In Rex, uh, oh, I, Rex I Wando. A, Rex yes, Wando. I my own, yes. Yeah. Do, do, you do you think, think I'm a failure because I go home to every night to Starla, the lovely Starla? Do you think for, I'm a failure? Forget about it. Forget about forget it. About it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. This is not a Napoleon. Well, we could be Napoleon Dynamite podcast. We were uh, pondering that. Um, well, he throws rounds. He throws roundhouse kicks, so that, that was fighting. Yeah, and if he wants a roundhouse kick to the face while we're in these bad points, uh, Kip, uh, when he does like he looks, uh, when he tells Kip to hit him, and he Kip like does that thing where he looks down to the ground like he's trying to peek <laughs> him out, and then does the super slow move. Oh, uh, it's the best. That, I love that's, it. that's a Sean O'Malley move. I'm pretty sure Sean O'Malley sh- learned that from Kip. <laughs> probably, probably. Uh, are you pumped for this 15 fight lineup? Actually, like I said, it's, it's a good one, so we should be pumped. It's just it's just extra work for us people who who make our living off this stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I I think I looked at the every single fight, and I think there was maybe maybe like one or two that I wasn't like like actually intrigued by how the fight might go. Yeah. Um, you know, like there there were a couple that were easier picks, but I was still like intrigued by how the person who I thought was clearly going to win, um, how how they were going to get it done. But there was some yeah. like, you know, there there are some favorites on this card that I am am excited to see fight, but also generally not super confident in. So yeah, there, there's a lot of intrigue in this one for sure. Yeah, definitely is. And I'm thinking if there's. Any news before we get into it? I guess the big news is um, is that guy, uh, Kevin Lee. Is that his name, Dan? Yeah. Kevin Lee. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> I, I'm blanking, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't get enough sleep at night. So I, these things, uh, I lose the plot sometimes. Yes, Kevin Lee got released um, from the UFC. A uh, bit of a surprise because he's, he's a big name, but he, he was, what, two and five, I believe, over his last seven. Um, and uh, based on how much he got, uh, plus, he's on a drug suspension, which never helps. Um, plus, based on what he, how much he was fined, I estimated he probably makes around 110 thousand to show, and then another 110 to if he wins a fight. So he's he's not a cheap guy, none uh, by any means either. So um, you can get all that stuff obviously on my MMA site, MMA-Manifesto.com, where I have all the salary stuff. So. I guess not when you when you look at his record and how much he makes and that he's on a drug suspension, even though they tend to not really care about that. I don't think it's a huge, huge uh, shock that, that he got cut. Yeah, when I, I saw the outrage in the shock on Twitter, I, I get the outrage, right? Like if you believe that the UFC is doing what they're doing to be like this great sports league, much like the MLB is the best baseball players and the NFL is the best football players – like, I get the outrage, but, like, if you understand how the UFC works as a business and you, you take an objective look at what Kevin Lee is doing to their bottom line right now, not that he is breaking the bank because they're having an all-time no. great year, but, like, it was not shocking to me in the least. Um, you know, I figured by this point he was a title challenger at one point in time. He's making a bunch of money. Um, and not just the fact that he doesn't have a great record recently – um, but also, like, his recent showings weren't particularly good. He's no. shown that he doesn't really want to fight at 55 anymore and shown that he, no. like, 
can't even hang with unranked fighters at 70. So, like, are, are you going to pay, you know, like you said, 200, 200K a fight if he wins to have him fight guys outside of the top 15 at, at welterweight, a division where you already ha- are kind of loaded with loaded with great prospects, right, and loaded yep. with guys who are super exciting. That's the division I talk about, you know, 16 to 22 in that division are, like, the most exciting dudes on the planet, including – Daniel Rodriguez, who just beat him. Uh, you know, you got Michelle Pereira, who's super exciting down there. You know, there's a ton of dudes. Um, we actually are going to talk about two of them today that are pretty damn yeah. exciting, or, or even more than that at 170. Like, do you really want to see him fight, you know, the winner of Mickey Gall and Alex Morano for $200,000? I get what they're doing. You know, again, if you're one of those people who sees it as it's supposed to be the apex, pun intended, of the sport, uh, you hate seeing a guy who is, you know, if there's 80 welterweights on the planet or on the roster, he's one of the best 80 welterweights in the world for sure. Um, yeah. But when you think about it as a business, it's not surprising. Yeah, no, it's uh, very, uh, very much my my point there. Also, it's basically welterweight and bantamweight are pretty much dog eat dog divisions. Like you, you don't, or actually, I guess any from welterweight down to bantamweight. It, including lightweight and featherweight. You don't, you can't really slip up too much in those divisions. You're not going to get a whole lot of rope uh, to hang yourself or you, you're going to get yourself cut pretty, pretty quick. If, if you go on a skid plus, um, especially if you, uh, if you've uh, been fortunate enough to negotiate yourself a, a big contract, that's just gives you, Hey, it, it's that way in the corporate world too. Uh, but puts a big, uh, a big X in your head when it's time to, to, to cut salaries and whatnot. So anyhow, I'm sure he will bounce back and, and find a home somewhere else. And, UFC, um, it would be nice if we could, you know, say I, I told you so to the UFC, but as we've said in the past, more often than not, they are normally right. They they tend to know when to get rid of someone. Um, you don't see too many ex UFC fighters uh, setting the world on fire and UFC kicking themselves for, for letting them go. Yeah, no, you don't. But, like, and the other thing, too, is I, I'm pretty sure he already hinted that he's in talks with PFL because he said something about uh, – I expect to be a millionaire within a year or something like that. So like, well, it, he it, may want to look at the track record of the UFC guys have gone there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, 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 that's they, they've all done poorly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's very true. Although, uh, you know, I think his style plays pretty well into true. what that, that league does. Cause like the ones we've seen do not so well, um, tend to be like strikers who, um, you know, it's, it is a grueling schedule. They do fight five times a year most times, um, yep. which is pretty pretty damn exhausting. But, uh, yeah, like, I I don't know how we do in the welter or lightweight divisions in there, but, you know, like, I'd probably pick him in a fight with Anthony Pettis. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Did you know it's um, it's a million, that's it, if you win? Uh, it's not a million plus you pay for every fight. You have to, if you win every fight, you you get a million bucks is basically how it works. Um, I, did, I thought it. I, 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 did yeah. you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I just I just saw that recently. I was thinking it was a million plus, like your purses for all the fights leading up to that. But no, it's not. So it's yeah, still the, n- the nice final. Payday, the final know. prize winds up being because I think they make like what is it? Is it twenty and ten to show yeah, and win something like or that. something like yeah. that? And then so it, like, it goes up as they go on. Yeah. Yeah, and then and so it, yeah, eventually it winds up being exactly a million if you win the yeah. the finals. But hey, yeah. that's still more money you're making and. I, I mean, that's more than just about any Bellator champion is making in a year. So, you know, shout out to PFL for doing stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not more than you make hosting an MMA gambling podcast. And that's because we have good sponsors, right? Like WinBet. 
that they help make us millionaires. Already win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet has some brand new bonuses we've been telling you about the past few shows. New users can bet a dollar and win $100 in any sport. Plus, you, with a capital Y, can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. That, for example, you bet 100 they give you 200 Max wager for that is 750 bucks. They will match it 1500 bucks. This is where I put my co-host on the spot. Actually, the whole podcast, I put him on the spot. But he always gives you all great picks. I don't remember your last picks. I kind of clue out, I guess, when you talk, like usual. But <laughs> did your last pick come through, Dan? Was it the Bulls again? No. So on, uh, on Monday, I'm pretty sure yeah. I, I went with the Pacers to beat the oh, Timberwolves. Yes. yes uh, did. And that did not work. So I should have gone with the Bulls because, damn, did they look yeah. good on Monday. 133 uh, points they put up. Uh, so, no, uh, I, I believe I've, I've now missed two in a row. But that doesn't mean oh. anything. That doesn't nope. mean anything because it means you're due. It means, you're due. It, it means we're due. Uh, I'm going to go with on Thursday night. Um, the Suns over the Pistons, I'm seeing right now, they're at negative 12 and a half. Uh, I will take the best team in basketball versus the worst team in basketball to cover the spread. Even without Michigan native Devin Booker playing? I, he, I think without most, out, so. I think without all of their starting team, they would beat the Pistons. <laughs> the, the Pistons may beat themselves, uh, so... All right. There is, Although, shout out, shout out to Cade Cunningham because he's, he, he's, he's, he's starting he's, to bring it. He, he's, he's been fun to watch. He can't shoot, but yeah, he's he, he can he's got everything else pretty much uh, figured out it seems. All right, so that's what you're going to use your bonus over at WinBet on. All right, people, do that now. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from booster parlays to live in-game odds at every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Plus, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. Daily fantasy simplified. You pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. Make sure you use promo code SGP and you receive a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars. So basically, it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. For example, you can take an over on LeBron or Cade Cunningham, if you prefer, combined with an under on Patrick Mahomes in the same entry. Price Picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. They have MMA, really. I don't think they. I don't think it's available in Canada, so that's why I'm actually surprised by that. Uh, Price Picks. If, if you had, if you had listened to when I gave my my Price Picks ad read in the week that you were not available, I actually I gave you. I actually gave some Price Pick picks. Uh, for oh, MMA, MMA, yeah. Well, you just wait. I'm going to put you on the spot in about 15 seconds. Price Picks has an award-winning, easy to use mobile app, both in the App Store and Google Play. Price Pick is 4.8 star rated in the App Store. How dare someone not give it five? With rave reviews, price pick entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Pricepicks.com, promo code SGP for 100% deposit match. Dan, who do you like on price picks? 
on so the spot it, again. So, so if you're if you're doing an MMA one for this weekend, sure. Uh, I, I so, hear they have MMA now. Yeah, they, they they do always have MMA. So for those ones in in MMA, you usually pick between one of three different uh, stat categories. So the stat categories they work with are significant strikes, fight time, uh, which they measure in minutes, and takedowns. Uh, so if I wanted to start with takedowns. Okay. Right now they've got uh, Jimmy the Brute Crew listed yep. at two takedowns. I'm going to take the over on Jimmy Crew yes. takedowns. I like uh, that. I think, I think that one's pretty easy. Um, they also have Azamat Mirzakhanov, who we're going to talk about pretty extensively, with 29 and a half significant strikes. I think that's super low. I think he winds up higher than that, uh, even if he gets the fight done early. Um, yeah. And then for fight time, uh, we will take. <laughs> We will take the over on Alonzo Minifield at eight and a half minutes because I think his fight with uh, with William Knight, who is notoriously durable, uh, will go more than a round and a half. Except that fight's not going to happen. We all know that, Dan. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go over three. <laughs> we get to talk about it for a third time here. All right, so there you pick, people. Um, if you need to pause, well, this only takes 60 seconds, like I said, to make your picks. So you don't even have to pause this. You can do it while you listen to us, all right? Go uh, make those picks on, uh, on Prize Picks. And you're good to go. All right. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Since Daddy hasn't had any supper yet, let's get this podcast over with, Dan, for God's sakes. Um, we haven't even started yet. Damn it. UFC and ESPN. Font versus Auto, a.k.a. UFC and ESPN 31, a.k.a. UFC 44, which is what I'll probably be calling it because it's shorter. We got um, Rob Font versus Jose, Jose Aldo uh, in the main event. UFC Apex Enterprise, Nevada, not not Las Vegas. Enterprise, December 4th, which will be this Saturday. Uh, start times, according to the MMA-manifesto.com, the smart man who wrote that, says it started prelim 7 p.m. and 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Smart man can't talk. And the main card, ESPN at 10 Eastern. Uh, um 15 fight card now because the fight just got added last minute. Um, seeing if there's any background and tell you about any of this stuff. We didn't lose anything, any big name stuff. We lost Matt Brown. He got that COVID thing that's over with already, but he uh, he's not with the Times apparently. He got it, um, but we have a replacement for that fight, so we'll talk about that very shortly. So, all right, how did you find handicapping this one? I, I kind of just ripped through it. It seemed when I didn't have too many fights, I was I was questioning myself on. Ooh, I, I did have a yeah, lot. The opposite? That was quite, I yeah. had the opposite. And in addition to having the opposite, even the ones that I, like, already had a pick, I have, like, small reservations on almost yeah. on almost every single pick I have a small reservation. Well, that's good to hear, Dan, because I'm, uh, I'm going to beat you again this week then. Okay, let's get into it. Bantamweights, Luis Smolka, Vince Morales uh, will be starting things off. The curtain jerker, we like to call it. Vince Van Dada. V-A-N-D-E-T-T-A, Morales versus Luis Da, D-A, not Ba, Da, Last Samurai, um, will be going at it to start things off. Morales, 10-5, and five, five knockouts, two submissions, two and three in the UFC. He did win his last fight. He used to fight at featherweight. This one is down at bantamweight. He got into the UFC through the contender series where he was 1-0. He also was 2-0 in Bellator. He also was the FSF champ. Do we know what FSF is quickly, Dan? Cause I don't no, know that, is head. that the Pacific Northwest one we talked about a couple of weeks ago where we didn't know, know what, what it stood for? No, it's Front Street Fights. <laughs> That's a good name. Front <laughs> Street Fights. Great. In, from, in Idaho, apparently. So, yes. 
Uh, all right, there we go. He was the featherweight champ there for what it's worth. Um, what else can I tell you about him? He's got two inches of reach on the Da Last Samurai, plus 115. Mr. Smolka, 17-7, eight knockouts, seven submissions. He's been subbed three times, so it seems to be his Achilles heel a bit. He's 8-7 and seven in the UFC over two stints. Um, this most recent stint, we have gone win, loss, win, loss, win over his last five fights. Last win, last fight was a TKO win. His last three UFC fights, uh, UFC win, uh, wins, excuse me, were all finishes. He used to fight down at Flyweight uh, back in the olden days of the UFC Flyweight division. He was a CXF champ, which is another division I can't remember what CXF stands for. I really should write these out, but it takes up too much space in my spreadsheet. Do you know CXF, Dan? I don't off the top of my Pacific, head. Pacific Extreme Combat Flyweight Champion. So it should be – why do I have CXF, Dan? Oh, whatever. <laughs> PXC, maybe it was supposed to be? I don't know. Anyway, he's a champ somewhere, all right? Uh, he's two inches taller than Morales. Striking stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor. Minus 145. I am going to go against the grain. He's going to finally stop his flip-flopping. He's going to win this fight. Uh, uh, Luis Smolka is my pick to finally get back-to-back wins. Yeah, I'm going to go with Smolka, too. Um, This was one of the ones uh, not particularly sure about because Smolka, you know, you you talked about him winning back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But if you go up and down his whole UFC career – He's got like, I mean, at one point in time, he backed up a four fight winning streak with a four fight losing streak. Very um, consistent, yeah. Which is, yeah, not, but but then you break down who he beat and who he lost to, and it completely changes everything, right? Like he beat Richie Vasilik, Neil Siri, Patty Ohuahan, and Ben Wynn. No, you're right. Like, who? That's correct. Because <laughs> a couple then, Irishmen. Right, a couple of Irishmen in there, and Ben Wynn, who's not bad. But then no. he – so he fought those four guys who relative unknowns. His losses are to Brandon Moreno, Ray Borg, Tim Elliott, and Matthews Nicolau. Like that I know is, those guys. Yeah, that is a crazy run of four opponents. And then if you look at this this recent one, we're talking about beating Ryan McDonald and Jose Alberto Quinanez, but losing to Casey Kenny and Matt Schnell. So, again, yeah. maybe not as good of the names of the first time around, but damn good names. It, it's really weird for me to look at Luis Smolka and try to figure out exactly what he is because, like – at times, his his striking looks so damn good and so flashy, and he hit that Shawn Michaels super kick at one point in time. Um, <laughs> I think that was Richie Vasulik who he, he knocked out that time. But, like, he's got fun striking, and then other times his scrambling is great and, and phenomenal. And then sometimes all of that shit just falls flat, and he gets choked out by Casey Kenny. So, you know, it's hard to kind of gauge him, but ultimately what helped me make the decision here is that Vince Morales – is a guy who has shown kind of a weakness to people who are willing to get in your face um, and hasn't particularly looked good at takedown defense. So if if Smolka does decide to go there, I think he can get it, right? Draco Rodriguez took him down a handful of times. And, you know, Draco Rodriguez, not usually uh, a name that I put a lot of stock in. So uh, I would say for me, it's more of a fade of Vince Morales than it is pro Louis Smolka, but – uh, I do I do think Smolka has an advantage here in a couple of different areas, so I'm going to tentatively go with him without feeling particularly great about it. Dan is dissing front street fights. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, all right. Moving on. Let's see how we feel about the next one. Oh, this gentleman, I just heard a very nice interview with him, Alex Morano. Uh, he was on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. He's a very good interview, wouldn't you say? 
Oh yeah, I've, I I he's very much it. like talking to him. Yeah, I've I've had him yeah. on two or three times. He's like even off the air when you're recording with him, like one yep. of the nicest dudes on the. Pl- he's friends with Ricky Tercios. So that's all you need to yes. know. Yeah, <laughs> very very thoughtful with his answers and and uh, entertaining at the same time. Yeah, he, he's he's a good uh, interviewer. So he is fighting. Um, we've decided that Top Turtle Curse, uh, Dan's other one of Dan's other myriad of podcasts. Um, we decided the curse is not not real, so we can pick him if we choose. Uh, he's in a welterweight battle against Mickey Gall. Um, you may know from CM Punk fame. Uh, Alex Moreno is the great white. Mickey Gall is uh, CM Punk fame, is what his nickname is going to be. Uh, he's 7-3, and three, Mr. Gall is, with seven submissions, so we know his path to victory here. He's 6-3 uh, and three in the UFC. Uh, check out this pattern. Dan, loss win, loss win, loss win. Six straight fight. And he's gone lost win in every single one of them. Um, he won via submission his last fight. He looked very good doing it. But nonetheless, there is a pattern here. Uh, he's three inches taller than Morano, two inches of reach, two years younger. Grappling stats in his favor, not surprisingly, plus 185. Alex Morano, 20-7 and seven with one no contest, six knockouts, six submissions, nine and four in the UFC with one no contest. He's two. He's won his last two and three of his last four. He was the LFC champ. What's LFC, Dan? Is it legacy L- fight or something? I think we talked about this one before. I have no idea what LFC yeah, is. Legacy, yes, it is legacy, actually. Legacy, before it combined with RFA, right. LFC and RFA had a baby and became LFA, right? I think that's how it works. Something like that. Anyhow, he was a champ there. He used to fight at middleweight. He's two times more active striking than Gall, minus 240. Um, I have my pick, but I'll let you I'll let you go first. I'm not going to fade. I'm not going to tell you. Go right ahead. I, I'm going to go with Murano. Um, Correct. Yeah, I think it's the only. This is one of the few picks I felt good about. In fact, I yep. felt so good about it. Uh, I actually snagged uh, a parlay on him last week when he was d- betting down around like negative one seventy five and negative one eighty. Um, he is absolutely gone through the roof since then uh, with the number. But I would say the big one for me here is you, you rattled off the Mickey Gall stat, right? Like he doesn't yep. win unless he can outgrapple you. Um, yep. And Alex Morano is a second-degree black belt under Draculino, who is, you know, a damn good jiu-jitsu coach. Uh, he wouldn't be a second-degree black belt under him unless he was, you know, pretty damn good at jiu-jitsu himself. Um, and, like, you know, I, I don't think Mickey Gall is going to submit him. I don't think Mickey Gall is going to control him. So then you have to ask yourself, is this going to be the first person Mickey Gall outboxes? And and I have to say the answer has got to be no, right? No. Like. There, there's no way. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I don't think Mickey Gall is the first person to submit him, and I don't think this is the first person that Mickey Gall is going to outbox. So, uh, yeah, Alex Morano all the way here. All right. I agree. Um, even though did uh, Gall's boxing looked better last. It did, night, but, did it not? Yeah. but 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 Morano's another level. But I I also don't want to I, I don't want to insult the the fighter he was fighting too too much, but he was fighting Jordan Williams, who has looked quite poor in the UFC. So uh, I'm not putting too much stock into the fact that his boxing looked a little bit better. Yep. Good case in point. How about we move up to a heavyweight fight? Jared Vander Ah versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. Uh, did I say that right, Dan? I can't remember how to say his name. Mirzakhanov. Mirzakhanov, right. It just rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? Um, yeah, Azamat Mirzakhanov. <laughs> he uh, he is making his uh, actually let's tell you about Jared Vander Aw, who was a top turtle guest, a fairly memorable one, I think. <laughs> was he yeah, hot he a was, few months back? He's a character. <laughs> he's an interesting fellow. Yes, 
Uh, he's he's a le- little bit less well spoken than Alex Morano. <laughs> yes, that's that's safe to say. Um, just as entertaining though, let me tell you. Uh, he's twelve and six, seven knockouts, three submissions. So he's a bit of a finisher. He's been knocked out himself twice and submitted twice. Uh, he's won two in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss. He lost via, lost via TKO his last fight. He's taking this fight on short notice. Um, at, at his natural heavyweight weight class. Uh, Azamat is moving up. Uh, for his debut to to take this fight uh, against the heavyweight. Um, he is the SG champ, the EFC champ. We know EFC. We talk about that. EFC comes up nonstop on here. For South African promotion, it comes up nonstop, doesn't it? Well, and this is a guy not even from Africa. I know. <laughs> but Wild, he, right? yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about that at one point in time, him being like yep. the only American down there. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, here's, here's the part that, the only part that, worries me about this fight he's got six inches of height nine inches of reach and plus he's three years younger um than the debuting Rizakinov. uh he's one and a half times more active striking he's got better grappling stats uh but we're talking about very small sample size and Rizakinov has fought once in the ufc octagon and that was on the contender series so uh take that all with a grain of salt um Bandera is plus 175 uh, Rizakinov, the professional is his nickname. He's 10 0 with seven knockouts, one submission. This will be his debut, as I said. Off a weight class, usually he fights at weight heavyweight, which I'm guessing he probably will go back down to after this. Do you know how much he will weigh for this? Has he fought heavyweight before? I have, I have not seen him fight at heavyweight before. Okay. So he's, um, and Bandera is usually, he's pretty heavy, is he not? He hits, usually? He hits the max. Yeah. He's yeah. Big okay. Yep. All right. Um, like I said, he was on the contender series. Mirzakhanov won to know. He also was the brave champ. Uh, striking stats in his favor, but we're talking small sample, like I said. Minus 225. Uh, I was going to go with Vandera for um, just because this, the seer. This, the seer. seer is not a word. Maybe it is. Uh, the sheer size difference. But, yeah, um, I read a very good article about Mirzakhanov today on MMA-Manifesto and reminded me how horrible uh, Vandera is at, <laughs> at, at grappling and how he's just going to, despite his massive um, size advantage, he's going to get uh, taken down uh, early and often, or maybe even once, and get finished in this fight. So I'll take the chalk here. Mirzakhanov will win up a weight class in his debut. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but that is – so this is one of those fights that I said I've got a pretty clear pick that I was picking no matter what, but I have that reservation yep. because he was supposed to fight Felipe Linz, who used to be a heavyweight, who is coming yep. down to light heavyweight, which is a weird yep. matchup in the first place. And <laughs> then they flip-flop, and they couldn't find him another light heavyweight to fight, so now he's going up to heavyweight to fight somebody else. Um, I think the size advantage here will wind up actually playing into Merzakhanov's hands – um, because uh, Vandera being so much taller, it's going to be easier for, like, Mirzakhanov to, like, duck under a big punch yeah. and get in on his legs, get a bunch of takedowns. I also will say, while a lot of people are betting on him to, to like, grind out a decision here or get grounded pound, he has a killer left hand, like a really nice overhand left um, that is flatlined some people. He's knocked some people out with uppercuts. He, he's got good hands, too. Now, whether or not he'll be able to get on the inside with, you know, the reach and height issues – Sort of remains to be seen. But, yeah, this, again, is – I do really believe in the skills of Mirzakhanov. I'm worried about him up at heavyweight, but I, I just don't think Vandera is a guy who's going to give him any real problems. Yeah, Vandera does not look good, to to put it lightly, in his UFC career. I, I think he's uh, underwhelmed us both, has he not? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really that sold on him, even after no. he got the contract on Contender Series, because I thought he looked bad against Harry Hunsucker and got the contract anyway. It was <laughs> Harry it was it was one of those ones where Dana was like, "Yeah, we need some heavyweights." Um, yeah. 
and, and he wound up in the UFC, but like I, I wasn't a performance I would have signed him on. And then, you know, he, he's gotten some tough outs too. You know, Alexander Romanov and Sergey Spivak are both tough yeah. opponents. Um, yep. But I think Barzakhanov can play close enough to those two to, to get the job done here. And if you want to know more about Merzakhanov, you can read Dan's story over on, like I said, MMA-Manifesto.com. He wrote a whole scheduling report on the man. All right, lightweights. Claudio Puelis, who also was on the Top Total MMA podcast this week, another very thoughtful, friendly uh, man. Uh, I enjoyed that interview very much also. Yeah, he, he's um, – I've actually talked to him a couple of times too. Uh, very very well-spoken uh, one of those guys who like apologizes for not speaking good enough English when he speaks yeah, sure. amazing English. Like, and I'm always like, don't, yep. don't, don't apologize, dude. You're doing this in a second language and kicking ass at it. So, uh, yep. yeah, props to anybody out there speaking two languages and, and worrying about how good it is. So, um, Dan, we know who Dan's going to be picking, but I'll do the breakdown regardless. Uh, <laughs> Claudia Puelis versus Chris, a Gritzamacher. Didn't you have the grits on your podcast before too? Or I what? don't thanks no? so okay. i could be wrong but it, it would have had to have been a while ago if i did all right so they're fighting each other we got grits versus el nino the child um it's this one's pretty much a pick em at the uh at the on the boards currently uh we'll go with puelis first 10 and 2 two knockouts five submissions three and one in the ufc he's won three straight fights after dropping his debut he also was three and oh on the outfit fighter uh, he used to fight at featherweight. He's got two inches of height, four inches of reach, 10 years younger than Gritz. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 109. Gritz Amakar is 15-4, and four, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once and submitted three times, so all of his losses have come via finish. He's 3-3 three and three in the UFC. He's got a win-loss win over his last three fights, his last one being a win. He also was on the Ultimate Fighter where he went 2-1. and one. He also was featherweight uh, before he also was in World Series of Fighting, even though Puelas wasn't. He was 1-0 in World Series of Fighting, 1-0 in Strike Force. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's four times more active striking, minus 120. Uh, I've changed my pick on this. I'm going with Puelas uh, now. Um, I was thinking Gritzmacher just because the striking stats are so um, much in his favor, and that normally picks the winner, but I think I'm going to go with Puelas, and you're going to make me feel better about it now. Yeah, I am, because one of the things that went really well for Kurtzmacher in his fight with Rafa Garcia was that he he did get in Rafa Garcia's face very often. His output was incredible, and I think that's why you see his striking stats so high. Um, But one of the things that was part of the game plan in that fight is that Rafa Garcia is not bad at, at wrestling, but he's not particularly good at holding people once he's got them down. And in addition to that, he tires really quickly. Um, and, and so Grutzmacher just decided to put a pace on him and did really well. However, when you've looked at, at people Grutzmacher has fought before in the past, those who were able to wrestle him and hold him down did notoriously well against him. Chaz Skelly did really well. Davi Hamosh did really well. Um, you know, Joe Lozon didn't. But again, I think that was a pace thing more than anything and, and kind of Joe Lozon getting old. But like... Grutzmacher can be outstruck, and if the guy is really good at jujitsu, uh, can can hold him down and, and do some work there. And I think Puelish is is kind of underrated in the grappling department. He looked really good last time out, um, kind of manhandling Jordan Levitt. Uh, I think the move to Sanford MMA has been really good for him. Um, I, I think there'd probably be more hype around him if he didn't have that large layoff a couple of years ago, but. I'm in on thinking that here he, he should out-grapple Grutzmacher, if nothing else. All right. Well, I'm going against uh, one of my rules. I'm taking a grappler over a striker. But, um, so that's 
we've uh, we've copied each other so far. Uh, we're tailing one another's picks. That's the only technically that's the only underdog we have so far. We'll see if there we have some coming up. Oh, but I got first, a, I got hmm. a bunch. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah, you do have you have a silly one coming up. That we're gonna have to argue about. But um, uh-huh. let me tell you about Prof Swap first. We won't argue about Prof Swap. We love Prof Swap. We're brought to you by Prof Swap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale, and thousands of the buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes 500 bucks a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand-new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's they got a slick app. It's fun to use. One of the reasons we do love playing it is because they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Plus, they decided a very cool bonus. If you can get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick-ass trophy from trophysmack.com. So once again, it's totally free to play. Download today for your iPhone or Android and check them out. BetTorFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash slash SGPN. All right. We'll break down this fight for the... Did we break Midday Field Night? Did we do it the first two times? I think we did before the fight got pulled. I, I, we... I, think, I think we did it once and just once, before yeah. we were about to do it the second time, it got pulled like that morning or something. So we didn't have to do it the second time. We can do this okay. so fast. <laughs> yes, we can. All right. So this is uh, Light Heavyweight, Alonzo Minifield versus William Knight. Third time they have been scheduled. Um, all right, we've got Nightmare, spelt like his last name, versus Atomic Minifield. Uh, Nightmare, Knight, 10-2 and two with nine knockouts. 2-1 in the UFC. He's got a win-loss win with the KO win his last fight. He was 2-0 and oh in the Contender Series. He was Premier FC champ. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 130. Lonzo Atomic Minifield, 11-2 with eight knockouts, two submissions. 4-2 and two in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. He also won two fights on the contender series. He went 2-0. He was 1-0 in Bellator. He used to fight at heavyweight. He also used to be a pro football player up here in Canada and elsewhere, I believe. Uh, two inches of height, three inches of reach, more active striker, minus 165. All right, you said we're going to do it quick, so go. Yeah, Alonzo Metafield, William Knight makes a lot of mistakes, puts himself in bad positions. Uh, the wins he's been able to get are because either the other guy puts himself in worse positions or... Uh, William Knight can just muscle his way out of those situations. Uh, when somebody like Daun Jung is able to make him pay for the bad position, he loses. Alonzo Minifield is that guy. That is the correct pick. Alonzo Minifield. And we are, what, that's four straight. We are five straight now. One, two, three, five straight. We're fading up. We're tailing each other. Usually it works out well when we when we are on the same page. So let's see if we're on the same page here. All right. First question is, what's Cheyenne, Cheyenne's last name, Dan? Because I keep it, seeing her, her maiden name everywhere now. I believe it's Vlismas. Vlis, she's not Cheyenne Bays anymore? Is I, this something you should know about, Dan? I you're, believe, you're good at knowing when people break up. You I, I, believe, I believe she is no longer with J.P. Bays. Yes. Oh, 
That's a um, shame. All right. Which I, I only know because, first of all, the name change makes it semi-obvious, but then also if you check uh, each of their Instagrams, they both seem to be scrubbed from one another's uh, respective profiles, uh, including JP Bates, oh, really? who posted on Thanksgiving that he was particularly thankful for his family of dogs. Um and nothing else. So, uh, yeah, it seems, it seems like uh, so maybe she, she wins the fifty thousand dollars bonus. She uh, wins the bonus and then kicks him to the curb. Out. How it she's out. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Anyhow, that's that's too bad. Um, I checked. Yeah, I checked their Twitter and stuff, and it still said they were married to one another. So that's why I was confused. But all right, I will change it to Vlizmas. She's is she still Warrior Princess? Have we had? Do we have confirmation on that? I, I am fairly certain she is still the warrior princess. <laughs> okay. That, that's important. Um, all right. So she is fighting in a women's strike fight against Mallory Martin. Is she still Mallory Martin, Dan? Yes. Although she she has a fighter boyfriend, too. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Who's yeah, she, she's with Darren Wynn. Ah, I do know that guy. I know yeah. that guy. All right. So there you go. Um, all right. So we will break down Mallory Martin first. Seven and four. Two knockouts, two submissions. She's been subbed two times. Uh, she's one and two in the UFC. She's got a loss, win, loss. She lost her last fight via submission. She's one and zero in the contender series. Three and one in Invicta. She used to fight upper weight class at flyweight. She's an inch taller than Vlizmas. Another like Bays was fun to remember how to say it. Now I have Vlizmas to remember. God sakes. Hopefully she marries someone with a, a plain name like Martin. Um, Grappling stats in her favor for Mallory Martin, plus 150. Uh, the Warrior Princess is 6-2 and two with two knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. 1-1 one one in the UFC. She won via TKO her last fight. She's taking this on short notice. 1-0 in the Contender Series. 0-1 in Invicta. One year younger than Martin. Striking and active striking stats in her favor. Minus 190. Uh, despite the turmoil in her personal life, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm going to take her anyhow. I'll go with Vlizmas for the win here. And this is going to be our first difference. Uh, oh, Okay. Her. I'm going to take the dog Mallory Martin here um, for a couple of reasons, but the main one being I think the the only reason we are seeing Felice Moss as a favorite here is because of the viral knockout. Um, she, vi- you know, like the the big head kick as Gloria DePaulo was standing up uh, made people forget that she got absolutely dominated on the ground uh, by Montserrat Ruiz for three complete rounds, um, and now is going to be facing a wrestler who is probably going to take her down and control her on the ground for all three rounds. And it's funny to me, because do you know who was originally supposed to fight Mallory Martin? Montserrat Ruiz. Montserrat Ruiz, yeah. So the person who beat Cheyenne Blismas, Montserrat Ruiz, was an underdog to Mallory Martin, um, who they expected to, I'm pretty sure, outgrapple her. Uh, and for some reason, they don't think Mallory Martin can outgrapple Lismas, which is uh, confusing at best. Uh, not that MMA math works all the time, but it is. Uh, we're talking strictly about being taken down and held there. I really think that's what Mallory Martin is going to do with Lismas here. I, I don't have tons of faith in it, but like I also, you know, like Lismas uh, had that like like I said, a viral knockout, and I really don't think that's enough for me to buy into her hype uh and i think that's why the line is where it is it's it's 100 percent hype um and i don't think it's replicable so yeah i'm gonna go with mallory martin here i think uh the smart money's on her all right we'll see dan we shall see i'm not sold in this one myself so all right walter waits jake matthews versus jeremiah wells 
Um, Matthews is the Celtic kid, or the Celtic kid, if you rather. Um, Wells is nothing. Um, but he is from a fight camp that Dan's in love with, so we know he's going to pick him. Moving, uh, let's, let's give you a breakdown regardless. 9-2-1 and one, uh, for Mr. Wells. Four knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. One and only UFC. He won via knockout. He's won all. Uh, he's won three straight fights, all via finish. He was a CFFC champ, also the CES champ. Inch of reach on Matthews. More active striker, but that's based on one fight. Plus 155. Uh, Jake Matthews. 17-5, four knockouts, seven submissions. He's been subbed himself three times. Uh, he's 10-5 and five in the UFC. He's won three of his last four and six of eight. He lost his last fight via submission. He was 0-1 on the Ultimate Fighter. Used to fight down at lightweight. He's got two inches of height on Wells, eight years younger than him. Striking and grappling stats in his favor, but we're talking, like I said, small sample size. Minus 195. I'm going to go against you, Dan. Uh, I'm taking Jake Matthews. Um, way more experienced, way younger, a better all-around fighter. You tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not going to tell you why you're wrong. I'll tell you why really? you're right, though. Yeah, I'm going to take Jake Matthews, too. You're going uh, against Henzo Gracie Philly. I am going against Henzo Gracie Philly. I do really like the gym. I just think this is a bad matchup for Jeremiah Wells. Wells is a yeah. guy, you know, like he is not the prototypical build of somebody coming out of that gym, right? Like Sean Brady, impressive wrestler who they taught amazing jujitsu to. Uh, same thing with Pat Sabatini. Um, to a lesser extent, the same thing with Andre Petrosky. Jeremiah Wells is a dude who comes out and just throws haymakers. And I do mean, like, wild-ass haymakers, right? Like, if you look at that fight he had with Warley Alves, he ended the first round in bottom out because he had just thrown so many haymakers and, and put himself in bad positions. And then in the second round, he bailed himself out with another one of those haymakers. Um, Jake Matthews, not the type of guy who gets tagged up by that type of thing. Also, if you wind up on the ground underneath Jake Matthews, it's going to be a way worse time than against Warley Alves. Uh, Jake Matthews, despite having lost by submission a couple of times, uh, is very good on the ground, is quite good on the ground, and is, uh, I think, just too much here for Wells. Um, Wells is going to throw some of those big bombs. Expect Matthews to duck underneath one of them, hit a good double, and yeah. uh, and make this look easy, I think. Uh, and, and to be honest, I really love where the line is on Jake Matthews. Yep. All makes sense to me. All right, flyweights. Minel Kopp versus Zalgis Zumagulov. Um, Zalgis, his nickname is Zako. <laughs> and Capes is Prodigo, which is Prodigal. Or Prodigal. 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 He's a prodigal. They, they, have, they, have, they have Prodigio as his, Prodigio, his nickname? Prodigio, yes. Oh, yeah. Because I've always owned him no, as a Starboy. Yeah, I was going to say Starboy, right? Yeah, I saw Prodigio listed. That's right. He, he may be getting too old for uh, to be known as Prodigal. Um but yeah, that's I can't remember where I saw that. Probably on Sherdog, your favorite site, Dan. It is not my favorite site. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's called Zumagulov. Double Z is fourteen and five, seven knockouts, one submission, one and two in the UFC. He won via submission his last fight. He was the FNG champ. He used to fight up at bantamweight, striking and active striking stats in his favor, plus one eighty five. Uh, Manel Cop. Is 16 and 6, 10 knockouts, 5 submissions. He's 1 and 2 in the UFC. He won via knockout his last fight after uh, losing his first two, but he did miss weight in his very last fight. He also used to fight up at Bantamweight. He was the Ryzen champ. He was the KOC champ. He's an inch taller, 2 inches reach, 5 years younger, minus 240. First of all, the odds that Cape makes weight, Dan. Uh, the odds that Manalket does anything are always yeah. bad. <laughs> That's he the problem, is, right? He is like one of the most variable human beings I've ever met. Like, 
he, in his first two fights, looked like he could beat a guy who probably deserves a title shot in Alessandro Pantoja, and then just decided not to fight, um, and then was really mad at the decision. He did yeah. almost the same exact thing in his second fight, and then in his third fight, he re- resumed doing what we loved about him in Ryzen, which was be an absolute killer with crazy knockout power. Um, yeah. and, and, like, if that Manel Cape shows up, he's amazing. He is a top five to top ten flyweight, possibly higher. The ceiling on this dude is so high, um, he just needs to come out with that killer instinct. So then we have to ask ourselves, how do you expect that to go against Shogun Shumagulov? And I just think Shumagulov gets in people's faces. Um, that's what he does no matter what. And some of it is because he's not particularly tall. He str- went with his striking a little bit more against Jerome Rivera, which, you know, Jerome Rivera didn't have the best run in the UFC, so maybe he felt a little bit more comfortable there. But Zubagulov is a guy who, when he doesn't feel like he's getting a good run in the striking, he goes heavily to his grappling, which has not really been successful. That's why he's lost a couple of times in the UFC. I kind of think that's what's going to happen here, is he's not going to like what's happening on the feet with Manal Cape. He's going to wind up shooting a whole bunch of takedowns. Cape very good at stuffing the takedowns, and I think he keeps his feet and just blasts Zubagulov here. That is the pick for me too. We're we're back on uh, back on the same track once again. All right, um, but it is a little worrisome because, like Dan said, you never know what you're going to get with this guy. Um, all right, the prelim main event is middleweights: Maki Pitolo versus Dusko Todorovic. Uh, Todorovic is thunder. Pitolo is coconut bombs with a Z. One of the best nicknames around. Um, all right, coconut bombs is thirteen and eight, seven knockouts, three submissions. Uh, he's been knocked out twice and subbed four times. He's one and four in the UFC. Still around, though. He's lost three straight. He lost the last fight via submission. He's one and all in the contender series. Uh, he used to fight at welterweight. This one's up at middleweight. He's one and oh in Bellator also. Uh, he was having trouble. He was missing weight, or he missed weight at least once at welterweight. So that's probably why he's up at middleweight now. He was the VFC champ. He's got an inch of reach on Todorovic. And let me see what else I can tell you. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 135. Thunder, Todorovic, 10-2, six knockouts, three submissions. He's 1-2 in the UFC. He won his debut and then dropped two straight. He's 1-0 in the Contender Series. He was the SBC champ, three inches of height, four years younger than Patolo, more active striker, minus 170. This is one of the ones I have a question mark with. Go, you break it down first. I'm going to go with Dushko Todorovic. Okay. Um, I mean, like, not a, you're right. This, this is a question mark pick, and, and yeah, Sometimes when I see the question mark, I just automatically go to the dog money. But in this one, there's kind of a reason to take Dushko Todorovic. And, and it's it's that Maki Putolo is not particularly good defensively. Like, he, he's pretty terrible defensively. He just mixes it up and gets wild. Um, he's also a guy who's, like, kind of decided he wants to shoot more takedowns and gets subbed a lot doing it, um, which isn't isn't really a nice side to what he was doing. Um, I don't think he's going to get in on Todorovic too often, and I would say on the, the opposite side of Maki Pitolo's issue, which is that he is not particularly good at defending strikes, Todorovic does move outside of range really well. Um, he, he does a really good job of just staying outside of, of your range, moving his head, whereas Maki Pitolo just wants to hit and get hit and doesn't really care. And I think Todor, that, that leans in Todorovic's favor. I think Todorovic is going to uh, get the job done with just being a little bit more smart that way. 
All right, you didn't sell me. I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take the plus money in Patolo. Oh, I don't look know. at that. Yeah, I will. Yeah. What the heck, right? Um, all right, so that concludes our prelims. Um, nine fight prelim, hooray. Uh, let me tell you about, speaking of hooray, this is a, not a sarcastic hooray. So bad, hooray. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture Dan Vreeland with uh, a mustache, tossing bets around in the speakeasy. Sobat is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. Sobat is changing the game with their new product. Head over to Sobat.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want. As long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io, S-G-P-N. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash S-G-P-N today to join the revolution. And also, make sure you, if you don't already... Download our app, the SGPN app. We're live in the App Store and Google Play. We give you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And if you can throw us an app review when you download the app, that would be appreciated. And don't forget about prize picks also. Dan gave you your winning picks earlier, MMA picks. Um, just make sure you head over to prizepicks.com, get signed up today to get that 100% deposit bonus using promo code SGP. All right, let's move into the main card ad free as as we'd like to promise. All right, this fight was just added. Welterweights Brian Bam Bam Barbarina versus Darian Weeks. Darian no nickname Weeks. Short notice debut is his nickname now. Um do you know much about Darian Weeks before we get into things here? I do, only because uh, I had done a bunch of tape study on him because I wasn't particularly familiar with him because he was supposed to fight, I believe on week 2 of Contender Series this year, oh. um when he had to pull out of the fight I believe for COVID, although I can't confirm that he was supposed to fight Josh Quinlan um, okay. on that on that fight card, um, and of course Josh Quinlan uh, wound up. I believe his fight wound up a no contest uh, after the fact. So um, yeah, Darian Weeks did a whole bunch of tape study him early. Exciting. Uh, he's five and zero, oh, three knockouts, two submissions. So everything has been a finish for him. He will be taking this. Uh, debut on short notice, very short notice, just a few days ago. Uh, he was plugged into this fight. He's four years younger than Barbarina, plus 170 coming back on him. Bam Bam Barbarina, 15 and 8, 10 knockouts, two submissions, 6 and 6 in the UFC. He's only won one of his last four fights. He lost his last one also. He used to fight at lightweight. He used to fight at middleweight. This one's right in the middle. Watch weight. He's an inch taller, minus 192 coming back on him. And most famously, uh, the Top Turtle MMA curse caused him to have his insides explode, right? Oof, yeah, he, he's been through some shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick him regardless. Um, I think he's going to be too much for a short notice debut. Debutant. Well, we're going to differ a third oh, time. Oh, you then. like weeks, I'm, do you? I'm going to take weeks. And uh, I, I'm not quite sure when you pulled the betting numbers because uh, I'm looking at him live here. And the, the, the money is clearly coming in on weeks. Um, no, it was this morning, actually, or this afternoon, actually. So it wasn't yeah. very long ago. So, ago. so I, I, don't, I don't mean to upset your lines here, and I'm, I'm not going to – you know, say we have to go with different lines here because I'll take no, the, we're the not. plus. You'll take I'll, plus one seventy. I'll take the plus one seventy because right now I'm seeing him pretty much everywhere at plus one fifteen. 
Um, really? when it has been bet down almost to even money here. And, Why and the is reason, that, you think? The, the reason is, is Darian Weeks is an uh, incredible athlete. Um, a lot of people see 5-0 and oh and are like, oh, an experienced guy. He's one of those guys who fought like 20 times um, in the amateurs. Uh, in the IMAF, which we talked about being part of where uh, Mohamed Wokayev came from, um, I'm pretty sure he won the, the national championship there. He fought in the Oceanic Championship while he was uh, – in there, he let, so basically he traveled the world fighting for IMAF and wound up doing really well for himself. I think he finished like fifteen and in five or fifteen and six or something like that. He's very fast. He's got really powerful leg kicks. I think you're just going to see youth kind of like like he's very strong, very athletic. I think you're going to see youth and athleticism just kind of shine through here against the guy. And Brian Barberino, who does seem to be on, like, a little bit of a downskid and seems to be getting outworked by people who are, like, particularly faster than him or more athletic than him, right? Like, Jason Witt is not particularly more skilled than him but seemed to be able to deal with him fairly easily. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Darian Weeks in this one. It's kind of a a sneaky pick. And if you like him, get in on him as quickly as possible because that number is a moving. Apparently, because like, yeah, like I said, we were talking early this afternoon um, was when I got those because the lines weren't really posted till uh, till fairly recently. So, all right. Well, you, all you people betting on him are wrong, as as um, history will uh, will show that Jeff Fox was right. But regardless, let's move on. This is another one Dan's going to get wrong. Middleweights. Uh, Brendan Allen versus Chris Curtis. Chris, the action man, Curtis versus Brendan all in Allen. Um, Curtis, 27 and 8, 15 knockouts, one submission. One and only UFC Avia. He won via knockout way back in the number of the six. Took that fight on short notice. He's taking this one on short notice. He's won six straight fights. He's won on the Contender Series. He was one and three in the PFL. Used to fight at welterweight. Used to fight at light heavyweight. Uh, he's settling in the middleweight here. He was a fight night champ. He was a CES champ. He was a PMMAC champ. He made his debut pro debut way back in 2009. Um, so it was a very good story that he uh, finally got his UFC um, call up and won via knockout. Too bad he's going to lose this week. And Dan's going with his heart anyhow. Uh, striking and uh, active striking stats in his favor. He's one and a half times more active striker than Allen, but based off of two fights. Plus 280. Brendan Allen, 17 and 4, five knockouts, nine submissions, five and one in the UFC. One is one, two straight. He was one known contender, contender series. LFA champ, the VF champ, used to fight at Walter Waite. Four inches taller, eight years younger, grappling stats in his favor, minus 375. Brendan Allen is too good for Chris Curtis to be pulling off this short notice nonsense on once again, Dan. So I am taking Brendan Allen. Okay, so I, I, I will hear you. I'll, I'll say, you know, you feel free to take Brendan Allen if you want. I, I do have to <laughs> Thank ask, you. though. I will. I, I do have to ask, though. You said Brendan Allen is way too good for Chris Curtis to be doing this short notice stuff. Do yes. you feel that, that yes. Brendan Allen is better than Phil Hawes? See, uh, yes, I do believe that. You think Brendan Allen is better than Phil Hawes? Okay. Yes. I, Phil I, Hawes do I do not. I do not. We always uh, fade Phil Hawes around these parts, Dan. No, no, no. You know I think that. Phil Hawes is much better than Brendan Allen. Um, also, so I would you're just, counting on lightning striking twice, though, is what you're counting on here. Not, not just that. I, I think Brendan Allen has made a mistake by deciding that he is good at punching. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he barely skated by on Punahela Soriano. And, and granted, he did win that fight. Um, and, and he did a good job on the feet. But, like, 
why, why was he not leaning on his grappling entirely in that fight? Right, because he, he had razor-thin margins to beat Punahele Soriano on the feet, and he would have had massive margins on the mat. And for me, the problem is, is that he changed gyms. And his new coach seems to be like, oh, just box it up. And, and like, if you get into trouble, you know, then use your grappling. But don't use your grappling until you're in trouble. When you fight Chris Curtis, when you are in trouble is when the fight <laughs> ends. It's already over. Yep. If you're in trouble on the feet, it's because it's over. Because Chris Curtis just turns lights off. And, like, I'm not just talking about the Phil Haas fight. You know, I'm talking about a whole bunch of his finishes right before he got to the UFC. I'm talking about his win on the Contender Series where he – threw a hook kick and knocked out Sean Lally. Uh, like, he is a very powerful dude. Say what you want about him. Um, yeah, you're right. Lightning might need to strike twice, but I think Brendan Allen is going to stand outside with a baseball bat. So uh, I'm going to go with Chris Curtis and the dog money here. A wood baseball bat. <laughs> it's going to be a wood baseball bat, Dan. All right. That makes it uh, a little yeah. bit better, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Light heavyweights. Jimmy the Brute Crew versus Jamahal. It's Jamal. just Jamal. Jamal. I know, but I like saying it the way it's spelled. It's Jamahal. No, it's Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. Um, I'll say it like his parents want, want us to say it. Jamal. He's 8-1 and one with one no contest. Uh, he's won half of his fights via knockouts, so he's got four knockouts. That's how the math works out there. He's 2-1 and one with one no contest in the UFC. The no contest was really a win for him. TKO win, I believe. But he uh, got busted for marijuana, so they made it a no contest. So he's really three and one in the UFC. He won his la- sorry, he lost his last fight via TKO. He was one and zero in the Contender Series. He was the KOP champ. He has six kids. I do have that written down. <laughs> so he's probably tired. Uh, he's got two inches of height, five inches of reach on Crute. He's one and a half times more active striking. Uh, I was going to say somewhere else also, but we'll just leave that. Plus 150. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about Jimmy, uh, the, the, the uh, crew's uh, home life or any of that. So I, I can't really say he's one and a half times more. He's got there. he's got an American pit bull, but I, I don't think yeah. any kids. No, it's, <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't blame him for that. Uh, all right, Jimmy, the crew, the brute crew, 12 and 2. Five knockouts, four submissions. He's 4 and 2 in the UFC. All of his wins via finish. He's got, a, he's got a different kind of pattern than these other people. He's got win-win-loss, win-win-loss. So we're going to have two more wins coming up, right? Uh, last fight was a TKO loss. One in the Contender Series, he was the Hex Fight Series champ. Five years younger, striking and grappling stats in his favors, minus 195. I'm going brute all day. Yeah, I, I think it's a no-brainer in this one. I, I, yep. I, I have been much lower on Jamal Hill than most people have. Uh, I know when he first came to the UFC and won a couple, people were really high on him. But I, I've always kind of seen him as, like, you know, a powerful striker, kind of sloppy in some of the things he does, though. And I'm really not sold on his ability to grapple, um, which really showed in his fight with Paul Craig. Um, that that went down as a TKO, but he had his arm broken pretty badly. Um, and he's fighting a guy who breaks arms. He's won uh, – Jimmy Cruz won twice by Kimura. Um, once from the top, once from the bottom, he's really good at them. He actually submitted Paul Craig, um, who just submitted Jamal Hill. I, I think Crute is, uh, first of all, a much better prospect than Jamal Hill. And I, I think Jamal Hill is probably going to be, I don't want to say sloppy enough, but he's going to be reckless enough on the feet to get taken down enough for Jimmy Crute to get done what he needs to get done. Yes. The brute is the pick. Um, moving on, lightweights. 
Clay Guida versus Leonardo Santos. <laughs> uh, Clay Guida. <laughs> he's just fighting. What? That's wild. That's Did wild. That's, I, that's I mispronounced his name. That's funny, no, right? No, I, I no, said, no. You said it perfect. It's just funny <laughs> that he, he exists in the UFC still. Okay. Want to hear something even funnier? Uh, his opponent made his debut before Guida did. <laughs> Santos made it. Santos debuted pro debut two thousand two. Guida two thousand three. How crazy is that? That's that's pretty nutty. It is. All right, let's break down the Carpenter Clay Guida first. Thirty six and twenty one, seven knockouts, thirteen submissions. He's been subbed ten times in his career. Uh, he's sixteen and fifteen in the UFC. He's won one of his last four, two of his last six. He lost his last fight. He's fought at featherweight in the past. This is that lightweight, which is where he normally is. He's one and only WEC. WEC never die. Uh, one and one in Strike Force, where he was the champion. Uh, like I said, 2003 debut. 2006, it was his UFC debut. Uh, he's a year younger than Santos. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 150. Leonardo Santos is nicknamed Lampero, which is lampshade. Uh, he's 18-4-1, three knockouts, nine submissions. He's 7-1-1 in the UFC. He lost his last fight via knockout. He's 3-1 on, on the Ultimate Fighter, where he was the champion. He used to fight at welterweight. Like I said, he made his debut in 2002. He is a BJJ champion in a lot of big, uh, big tournaments. Uh, he's not a regional champ. He's like 80 ADCC and whatnot. Um, five inches of height, five inches of reach. More active striker, minus 190. What do you like here? I um, I think I'm going to pick Clay Quida. Oh, um, you're funny. I just, I, I mean, like, I, I don't have any faith in, in Leonardo Santos after his last fight. Uh, he he looked really bad, um, which means when was the last time we saw him look good? Um, yeah. 2019, maybe it's been like two and a half years since we've seen him look good because he only fights about once a year. Um, in his last fight was against Roman Bogatov. Do you know Who? Roman Bogatov? <laughs> no, I don't even remember that guy. <laughs> no, you want to know why? Cause he's only fought once in the UFC, lost to Leonardo Santos and then left the UFC to go back to brave CF. So like, Man, like his only win in the last two and a half years is against a guy who had one fight in the UFC before being released or asking to be released. I don't, I don't really know the reason behind why we're not seeing more of them. If you're, if you're giving me Leonardo Santos earlier in his career when he was on that winning streak and he had knocked out the aforementioned Kevin Lee or he'd beaten Efrain Escudero, like I, I might buy in on him then, but like Grant Dawson kind of just ragdolled him, right? And then Grant Dawson, despite being up three full rounds, went for the kill in the third round just because he could and he could show off that he did. But, like, he largely just dominated Leonardo Santos, who looked uh, almost like – I don't want to say, like, he didn't want to be in there, but, like, he looked bad. So, I, I don't know. Like, I don't like either of these guys. This is one of those picks where I am going with the dog money just because I'm going with the dog money. But, like – yeah, I'll, I'll take Clay Guida. Like he, he's he's not completely washed. He he did grapple the hell out of Michael Johnson earlier this year. Earlier this year, he outgrappled Michael Johnson. He, he stuffs Mark Madsen's only takedown attempt, and like he was wrestling well with Bobby Green. So yeah, like hey, I'll take Clay Guida. Uh, going back to his wrestling roots here in controlling enough of Leonardo Santos in a battle of, are they both 40? Are they both close to 40? Yeah, I think they both are. Yeah. Uh, I'll be taking lamp lampshade. Uh, if in doubt, I always go with the 
with the um, favorite. Favorites win two-thirds of the time, 67%. So I will take the lampshade to win this fight. I'm hoping last fight was just an aberration. But like I said, like you said, this isn't one you can be totally comfortable. No, avoid this at all costs. Yeah. Avoid this at all costs. <laughs> Ignore our bet $100 in every fight and maybe bet a little less than that one. Um, all right, co-main event, lightweights, Brad Riddell versus Rafael Fiziev. Fiziev is Ataman, and Riddell is Quake. Um, this is pretty much a pick em one on the board. We'll tell you about Brad Riddell first. 10-1, five knockouts, 4-0 in the UFC. He's won seven straight fights. He was the Wollongong Wars champ. Are you a big fan of Wollongong Wars? I don't. No, I don't no? know anything. Is that in Kyrgyz, Kyrgyzstan? Is he from Kyrgyzstan? Well, no, I'm talking about Brad Riddell. So oh, he's, oh, that's sorry, an sorry. Australian promotion. Oh yeah, that's an Australian promotion. I don't know because I do know. Did he fight for Hex once or twice? Uh, I know. I know. Mostly I know right? Hex, and then there's yeah. there's one other one down there that I'm forgetting, but Hex is the big one. Yeah. Um, Riddell is all, used to fight at welterweight. This is that lightweight. He's 59-10 and 10 as a pro kickboxer. 0-1 uh, as a pro boxer. Striking stats in his favor, minus 109. Coming back in him. Fiziev, 10-1, six knockouts, one submission. 4-1 in the UFC. He's won four straight fights. He also is a pro kickboxer, 39-8. and eight. He also is a Muay Thai champion. He also is a police officer and a blacksmith. Did you know that, Dan? I did not. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he's an inch taller than Riddell, two years younger, more active striker, grappling stats in his favor, minus 120. And I'm, I'm in his corner. Fiziev's my pick in this one. Well, we're going to differ again then. It looked like we yep. started on the same note. I'm taking Riddell. Um, I, I think Riddell he, – here's the thing that I have trouble with with um, Fiziev is that Fiziev – one of his biggest issues for me is that he loves the leg and body kicks. Um, and when he fought, if you go back to his fight with Hanato Moicano, which I, I think is really telling of his fight style, when he throws those leg kicks and Moicano meets him over the top with punches to the face, he actually stuns Fiziev multiple times. Um, puts him on wobbly legs once, even kind of stumbles him back into the cage once. And it's pretty much just by like, accepting that you're going to get hit with a kick on the leg and punching him two or three times in the face really freaking hard. And despite that happening to Fiziev multiple times, he just kept doing it. And ultimately it worked out for Fiziev because he landed a big punch of his own and knocked out Moicano and wins that fight and goes on to win four in a row. I'm worried about what that looks like against Brad Riddell, who while he doesn't have tons of finishes, and in fact he doesn't have any finishes in the UFC, he responds really well to 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 somebody being the aggressor, to people like Fiziev, who throws like kicks first. Riddell responds with two over the top. He's got a really nice lead left hook um, that he throws out front after he gets hit with either a leg kick or somebody else starts the combination. I mean, we saw him do some damage with that the last time out, um, throwing that left hand. So I, I kind of think, Enough of what Brad Riddell did against Drew Dober works here against Fiziev. I also think Fiziev kind of makes a mistake of when he gets into an exchange he doesn't like. He just, like, awkwardly ties up with, like, a single collar tie, not even with, like, an over-under or anything like that. And I think that actually plays into the fact that Riddell is not bad at chain wrestling either. So I, I think as long as Riddell mixes it up and makes Fiziev pay for those leg kicks and those kicks to the body, I, I think he's got an advantage here on the feet and he does enough work here to get this done. 
All right, another bad pick by Dan, but uh, you, you're always good at like breaking it down, but you're bad at picking. I think stats, <laughs> stats have proven that, have they not? Um, you, you know, you can say what you want, um, <laughs> but there's only there's only one guy on this show hitting uh, plus thirteen hundred parlays and you know, plus, plus four that. and plus four fifty underdogs. So he did do that. He he's. He, you're all like you're one of those two outcome baseball players, right, Dan? Home run or strikeout? That's all there is. Uh, yeah, in the world. yeah. During during my playing days, it was more like strikeout <laughs> or ground out to third base. But yeah, there you go. yeah. Two those are my still. those are my two true outcomes. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's see if I think we are actually going to differ here too, because I've listened to your other podcast or one of your other podcasts, Dan. All right, main event: Rob Font, who any Massachusetts native worth his Salt would be picking in this fight, right, Dan? <sighs> Versus Jose Aldo Jr., you can call him. Um, let's tell you about Jose Aldo first. Uh, 30 and 7, 17 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself four times. He's 12 and 6 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, but before that, he lost three straight. He was the featherweight god in the UFC forever and in WEC, Never Die, where he went 8 0 and was the champ there, too. He used to he has fought at lightweight. Most of his career was at featherweight. Uh, this one is at bantamweight. He also was a grappling champ before all this, plus 115. Um, New England, cartel for God's sakes, Dan. Rob Font, 19-4, eight knockouts, four submissions, 9-3 in the UFC. He's won four straight and five of six. CES champ. He also used to fight up weight classes at 155 and 145. Inch taller, one inch reach, striking Stats in his favor, one and a half times more active striking, minus 150. Yeah, I I, I can't – even though all those looked okay, uh, Rob Font is, is on a tear. I have to pick Rob Font in this one, and I will take minus 150. Thank you. Yeah, I, I am going to take Jose Aldo here, and I think he's you looked – sure are. I, I think he's looked better than okay. I, I think you're actually no, – he's, he's looked good. Yeah, I, I think you're actually slighting him a little bit by saying he looked okay because like fine, I moved it to good. Okay, o- okay, up to good. Fine. He he beat the hell out of Pedro Munoz. He beat the living crap out of Marlon Vera. Uh, I mean, like since he's come to bantamweight, and, and a lot of people wrote off his run at bantamweight like immediately, right? Uh, being like he shouldn't, he doesn't belong down there. He shouldn't be down there. He lost a split decision to Marlon Marias, which actually I think he won. Um, and if you look at MMA decisions, it, it, half of the people agree with me on that one. He lost a title fight to Piotr Jan, which right now, it, that aged extremely well. And since then, has rattled off two straight. It's looked great. Do I do I like Rob Font? Heck yeah, I like Rob Font. I think he's a lot of fun to watch, too. But, but we're talking about him like fighting like a reckless Cody Garbrandt um, and doing well against him. We're, we're talking about wins over, like, Ricky Simon and Sergio Pettis, which, like, I mean, like, yeah, sure, those are good wins on that run. But, I mean, like, he's a guy who is has definitely looked better in the last couple of years, but I'm still not sold he's going to outstrike Jose Aldo, who I, I still think is one of the best. Like, there's a reason why Piotr Jan was willing to strike with with Corey Sandhagen and was it willing to strike with Jose Aldo, right? Like, there is a reason why Piotr Jan decided, I have to grapple this guy. And it's because he's one of the better strikers in the Bantamweight division right now. I don't see Rob Font outboxing him. I don't see Rob Font finishing him. I don't see Rob Font going, do you, do you see, like, Rob Font going to his grappling? I, I don't see that either. So, 
yeah, like there, there's enough things that just like point me in the direction of Jose Aldo that, uh, man, I'm going, I win a lot of dog money on this main card, but yeah, I'm going dog money again. Well, the stats say he's not a better uh, striker than Rob Font, but that's okay, Dan. You, you, okay, you go. Okay, and, well, again, we're going okay. we're we're to <laughs> point at the stats, and here's how we're going to point, because we can run stats. But there's a difference between having good stats against Alexander Volkanovsky and having good stats against the the quality of competition that Rob Font has had. Like, no, you're going to yeah. crap on someone. No, you're not going to. Uh, uh do, do you want me to crap on somebody specific? <laughs> no. I, I can I can pick somebody, but like having good striking stats against Cody Garbrand, like the human pinata, is really easy to do, right? Like Cody Garbrand does not mind getting punched in the head. There you go. There you go. So like, if you want me to shit on somebody, there, there's who I'll pick. Meanwhile, Jose Aldo is doing this in, like, two fights with with Max Holloway and a fight with Alexander Volkanovsky and, like, I mean, like, fought Korean Zombie and beat the hell out of Korean Zombie and, like, Piotr Jan. And, like, yeah, of course, his stats look a little bit worse having fought Frankie Edgar and Chad Mendez. Chad Mendez twice, for that matter. Like, Frankie Edgar twice, for that matter. Like, these are really good strikers that he's facing. I put almost all of them over the guys that Rob Bont's up against. So... I, I do trust the stats. I do trust what the stats say, but we also have to contextualize them once in a while. All right, let's move on to something that you're good at, Dan, um, which is uh, <laughs> picking uh, props and parlays. Do you have any props and parlays you want to go with here, Dan? Yeah, so first of all, I would just point you guys, if you have not already done so, to check out my article oh, on yeah. the Podcast Network, where actually, funny enough, I already gave you guys uh, early in the week a whole bunch of uh, props that I thought uh, were particularly good ones. Um, so I am going to stall talking right now as I pull it back up so that I can read you uh, <laughs> simply those ones. Um, man, they Jake Matthews is one of them, right? They publish a lot of freaking articles on this website. We do, um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, okay, so I have uh, Jimmy Crute by submission. Oh, uh, Crute, right, right, right. You know, I, I mentioned ahead of time – that, uh, you know, Jamal Hill, a guy who pretty much got submitted last time. Uh, I have questions about his grappling. Jimmy Crute coming in plus 300 on submission. I also like Riddell Fiziev to go to the, the distance. Um, it's only negative 190, so not a particularly great line there. Um, but the reason I like that is because Riddell is not really finishing a lot of people. So even though I like him in this fight, uh, I don't think he finishes them. Fiziev, not a huge finisher either. Uh, three of his four wins all by decision here. So I like that one to go the distance. Um, and then I'm taking Brendan Allen versus Chris Curtis being under one and a half rounds. That comes in at plus 155. Uh, whether you like Brendan Allen, like uh, Jeff here stupidly does, or you like Chris <laughs> Curtis like I do, you should know that that fight is going to be wild and probably have a finish. Um you know, Brendan Allen, if he does choose to grapple, like I said, should have a huge advantage there. Should get a submission, you know, in less than a round and a half. If he chooses to stand and bang, hey, Chris Curtis has got finishing ability. So, hey, it might end early there as well. So those are the three that I've liked the most uh, as of late. I was looking for ones that got posted that I feel really good about, um, you know, after that article came out. There aren't too many. Um, I, I am now more interested in trying to find an Alex Murano prop. Um, maybe Murano by decision because, I, I don't know, like, it, it, it just, like, that fight when it posted had, like, a good enough line that I was in on Murano. But, like, now, not so much. And Murano by decision is plus 125. So maybe that's just, like, a little more interesting than taking Murano straight up. 
and you stop talking. Where are you, Daniel? No, I I just finished talking, and then you never mm. finished up. So yeah. I, uh, I like I like Alex Morano there. Um, <laughs> Leave that in. Leave that in for sure. That's awesome. So I I said I like Alex Morano there uh, yeah. by decision because it's better money. I'm I'm used to you just talking and talking and talking. So I just read a story about how Dana White and his family all have COVID nineteen. So that's what I was doing when you were talking there, Dan. <laughs> all right, we, you we think will. that's funny? Do you? I don't leave. think people getting COVID I, is funny. I just think it's funny that while I was reading off props, you were reading <laughs> articles on websites uh, that aren't the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No. So, uh, for shame. And we are going to leave this in so you guys can see a peek behind the curtains. Um, spoiler alert, I did cut out some of that silence uh, uh, so that you didn't have to sit there through all of it. Uh, so this is a peek behind the curtains. There was a, let's say there was another three seconds of it. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that like we just sat there and said nothing, too? Oh, okay, here, here's the most amazing part of this headline. UFC boss Dana White family positive for COVID-19, relying on Joe Rogan recovery methods. Thoughts? Yep. Clearly, they don't have any thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, but Dana White's been vaccinated at least, so we'll we'll give him that. that that's that's one thing that uh, is a positive. So hopefully, he should be fine. You would think. All right, do you have a massive parlay or not? Yeah, we got we got to go ten to one with our parlays. As at least, are. very least, uh, at least. So there are three that I think are um, really good starts to just about any parlay. Um, and in actually, well, let's let's say there are four that are pretty much great. Um, for any parlay that you're putting together, and I think really great pieces, if even if you don't want to do a super parlay like I do. So those four people are Alonzo Menafield. I really think he's got a huge advantage against William Knight. Um, Jimmy Crute, who I think is clearly going to beat down Jamal Hill. I liked Alex Morano uh, beating up Mickey Gall. And, and despite the fact that I said I, I'm kind of questioning what Osmot Mirzakhanov is going to do up at heavyweight, I like him as well. So we're going to put those four together. And then we only got to find like one other number that we kind of like in there uh, to, to round this whole one off. And the one I'm going to use for that is I'm going to use Claudio Puelish. Um, and Claudio Puelish is kind of the the tough one in this batch. I think the first four are really good. If you like the first four all by themselves, those first four are going to pay you out like four and a half to one on their own. Um, if you add Puelish, you're going to get that standard uh, Super Van Jong parlay of 10 to 1. So I'm going to throw him in there, make it an officially uh, our 10 to 1 Super Fan Jong play of the week. And uh, that, that'll give us, uh, that'll round out our picks for this week. All right. And uh, for now on, can you say I'm done talking when you finish talking? Over? Can we? Can we? Can we add yeah, we can do that. Like we're walkie-talkie or or, uh, or truckers. Yeah, for sure. I, I think All that right. would probably make for the all-time most annoying podcast uh, uh, in, in SVPN history. Say it. Over. Say it. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, since you're not very good at, at this, we'll, we'll let you pick the lock pick. No. Okay. I'm going to explain to you again. Lock is one that you think is going to win for sure. Okay. It's not like. One that's going to lose. It's one that's going to win for sure. I'm over. getting, I'm getting better at it. Over. Um. <laughs> okay, you're not. You're done talking. You said over. I, I, I was done talking, but this time you didn't. We're, we're getting rid of this. All right. Um. Yeah, go. I'm going to go with. I, I'm going to go with Jimmy Crew. Uh, I think Jimmy Crew is going to easily beat Jamal Hill. Damn it, Dan. That was going to be my pick. All right, that's fine. I think I think I have another one I like. Uh, you want Jimmy Crute? Let me let me lock it in. We we should have sound effects for this, but we don't because we're we're low budget here. All right, I'm gonna go with um, 
Nick Matthews over Jeremiah Wells uh, is my lock pick at minus 195. Dan's at minus 193. All right. We did it. We made a pick some team fights. Do you want to talk anything about LFA 119 or has this been a long enough podcast for you? Is there any, um, have, have you seen any of the lines or not? I haven't seen any of the lines. Uh, it, it's one of those fight cards where I, I feel like I have less of a good grasp on it, mostly just because I've been paying attention to be- the lead-up to Bellator, which is not a usual move on my part. Um, wow, so yeah, you're strange. I, yeah, I mean, it's just such a good Bellator card. Like, if you're looking to watch extra MMA this weekend, go watch Bellator 272 or uh, illegally stream it from somewhere if you don't have Showtime. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Don't you dare do that. I mean, I don't. I don't have Showtime. <laughs> no, but it's it's on YouTube up here, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, all right. So we're not going to talk about LFA. All right. That this one's in the books. We will be back on Sunday to give you a recap. It should be interesting because we have quite a few picks that we ended up differing on as as the event went on. All right, we're going to make picks for any – there's a couple of Cage Warrior events coming up next week and an LFA. Do you want to make any picks for those on Sunday, or you want to leave it up in the air at this point? We – we I'll double-check and see what we've got okay. for uh, for lines, because I think that, that winds up being an important part, too. Um, yeah. I, I think there are already lines posted for uh, not next weekend's, but the weekend after's KSW which I think is worth yep. talking about because that one's got Roberto Soldic versus Mohamed Khalidov. Um And I think that that's a fun fight. Um, and they always bring some real freak show ass fights too. So that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, that, that's a few weeks off though. So we got some time for that. All right. And you said dick there also, which was pretty funny, Dan. So anyhow, <laughs> soul dick. Moving on. Actually, the, the train has hit the end of the track, right? That's it. That's it. You guys have got enough of us in your ears and I've got writing to do. And podcast to post. Um, all right. Read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, mma-manifesto.com. Follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer. He's Gumby Reland. You can listen to his other podcasts, Prelim, Primer, and Top Turtle MMA. Um, anything else they should do? Oh, subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed if you haven't already. Um, make sure you listen to us directly on our feed rather than the SGPN feed because you can get the picks earlier that way, at least a day earlier. So, I think that's it. Anything else, Dan? I think you got it all. All right. Choo-choo. The train is in the station or something. We will talk to you again on Sunday. Until then, I will be remain Juicy Jeff Fox. He will remain Daniel Gumby Vreeland. And we will see you then. No, we won't see you, actually. We'll, we'll talk to you then. We'll see your ears then. Bye. Over. <laughs>